I want to welcome you once again to our midweek A Quiet Life podcast. Every Wednesday, uh, we take a look at living a quiet life. First uh, Thessalonians 4, 11 to 12 says, Aspire to live a quiet life. Mind your own affairs. Work with your hands. Be dependent upon nobody. And so we're looking at what does that look like? How is that lived out? Before I get into uh, today's conversation, we're going to be in Luke chapter 4, 38 to 39. I'll reference some other verses, but uh, I, w- I want to remind you that between now, and I'm holding it up if you're watching on YouTube, between now and December 21st, so December 21st, I think that's a Wednesday, I could be wrong, but uh, the Christmas boxes will be available unless they, they sell out either way, um, and the gear store will be open on December 22nd. I'm closing it down until uh, the first of the year. That way, um, if I'm gone or whatever, I don't have to worry about shipping and things and and feel, you know, I could tell by some of the orders, these are gifts for some people. So I, I definitely don't want to uh, slack on that, making sure that everything ordered right now, especially gets out as soon as possible. And most of the time, that is just the next day. Everything available in the gear store is currently on hand. So that helps big time. But the Christmas box is available. There's a bag of Armor Nation Christmas Blend Coffee. There is a bottle of St. Nick Beard Oil uh, by Dark Water Wood. I have been using uh, St. Nick Beard Oil for probably a month and a half, the same bottle. So that tells you how long they last. Uh, I put on once a day uh, when I get ready in the morning. That's it. Um, you get a PVC patch. It's the Ugly Sweater Pursuit of Manliness patch, some stickers, etc. So if you want, make sure you pick that up. It's available in the gear store. You can still sign up for her and all that other stuff. But again, on December 21st, I'm going to, or actually 22nd, I'm going to shut that down. That way it's just, um, it's just something we don't even have to worry about until at least the first of the year. So I want to get into this. Uh, started last week talking about, you know, our homes. And that's what I want to do on Wednesdays for the next couple of weeks is take a look at uh, our house and, and the, the gospel getting to our house, us owning our home, being responsible for our home. Um, Seeing ourselves as a man with a sphere of influence if there's people that live in your home. And for a lot of you, there is. So I want to read this, Luke chapter 4, uh, 38 to 39. I'm going to read it off my computer because I, no, I'll read off my Bible. It's right here. And he arose and left the synagogue, and he entered Simon's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was ill with a high fever, and they appealed to him on her behalf. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her, and immediately she rose and began to serve them. We'll stop right there. Uh, I find this interesting because in Matthew chapter 8 and Mark chapter 1, this same scenario uh, is highlighted by gospel writers. Luke giving a little more detail. He is He's a doctor. He's, he's a pretty sharp guy. Uh, Luke giving a little more detail, talking about a high fever, Jesus being over her, rebuking it, uh, etc. It's interesting that Jesus has left the synagogue thinking about this. I, I don't know about you, but for me, there can be a million miles between church and my home. And we could have, you know, a powerful morning of worship and study and fellowship and maybe maybe a meal afterwards. We do that occasionally. Uh, or last night, uh, we had a night of worship or we have these gatherings. You say, man, that's so good to be a part of the church. And then by the time you get home, it's almost as if it, it had never happened, right? Like just life happens. And I think it's, you know, it could be, it could be traffic, could be something in the radio, it could be conversation in your car, it could be something you forgot you need to do. It could be anything. Jesus leaves the synagogue. He goes to Peter's house and his, the mother-in-law... Uh, is sick. Again, two things stand out to me. Jesus leaving, I'll call it church. 
Okay, so if for our context, leaving church. And again, of all the things that the gospel writers write, some of them write more than others. Uh, there are times that they write like many or multitudes or whatever. And But when there's a specific person, and she's not named here, and I don't believe Peter's wife is ever named. I know she's mentioned again. I think it's in 1 Corinthians. I could be wrong. She's not named, but three of the four gospel writers highlight uh, that all is not well in Peter's house. To me, I find that fascinating. It would be easy to overlook that. <clears throat> it's, it'd be easy to overlook that. I mean, we live in a world where people get sick, things happen. Uh, but for whatever reason, this is a, a fairly significant and serious situation that obviously needs to be addressed. Uh, who is it? Luke and Mark, they, they give the impression that they actually bring Jesus to her. She's, she's not just sitting in a corner going, hey, don't mind me. I'm not going to shake your hand. I don't feel well. No, she's she's sick. I mean, a, a high fever. Some commentators believe the proximity of her house and you know um, the Jordan River, all this stuff, that maybe, maybe she had malaria. You know, you know, I don't know. But the question I, I don't want to overlook is this. Is everything well in your home? For Peter, there was a serious illness that needed to be addressed. For some people, it is a physical illness. It's an illness of some kind. It could be a physical illness. It could be a mental illness. It, it, it could be. It could be a lot of things. It could be a financial strain, especially this time of year. I mean, it, there's just a constant expense for something, and then and then if it's not Christmas related, then it feels like it's the the next. You know, well, for January we got to pay our fees for you know. It's just there's constantly an expense of some kind, which is just mentally exhausting. Maybe there's relational tensions. Maybe there's relational tensions in your life that, you know, you've been cut off or you're cutting off or whatever, you know, or, you know, again, maybe it's a tension between you and your bride and you're like, it's just not, it's not well in my home. Or maybe it's a tension with you and your kids that it's just, it's just not well. Uh, we have various forms of addictions. Uh, men are addicted to pornography. They're addicted to alcohol. They're addicted to uh, drugs that will you know numb them they're addicted to their devices as, as far as their phones or computers or youtubes or video games or whatever um it, it's not hard and i'm not looking down on any of you guys you know, the other day i was talking to my my kids and, and my daughter's boyfriend and they're playing this fifa game on their phone and i'm like i don't play games on my phone i it just i not my thing but i said how much does a PlayStation cost? And I started, I said, you know what? I can't buy a PlayStation. I've been dogging guys who play video games. I'm not dogging you for playing video games. I'm dogging you when it becomes your life, when it becomes your your outlet for anything that's away from the real world. And I think we have some guys that are addicted to that. Again, we have a, we have a lot of stuff, a lot of things that can ail us. And the question is, is, is it all well in your house? I think for some guys listening right now, as you got your, your AirPods in, your earbuds, you're, you're in your vehicle, you're in your break room, you're, you know, you're deployed somewhere. I hear from guys from all different walks of life. You're, you're on your tractor, you're on your, I mean, again, everything. I think when I ask the question, is it all well in your house? There are a number of you that would immediately say, no, it is not. It is not. And then there's probably a number of you that would say, it's not bad. You know, it's not bad. And then for some would say, man, we're in a really good season. We, 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 maybe, it's just, maybe it's just the season right now. You just lack joy. <laughs> I, I know for me, the December, January, February, I mean, I can, I can really struggle if I stay inside too long. I just can't. And I kind of give myself December to be inside. I, 
I don't know if that's good or bad. I just do December inside. We we you know Christmas decorations, lights, music, food, what whatever, whatever. January and February, it's really really cold here. I force myself get out there, make a fire, do something, walk somewhere, something. You have to get outside. You have to get out there. Maybe you're just maybe you're just lacking in those areas. I, I don't know. I know this. We all need healing within our homes from time to time, and I do believe our God will use these moments of illness, financial, spiritual, mental, relational, what whatever illness to remind us that that he is good and that he is in full control because it is very clear that we are not. Jesus comes to the home of Peter's mother-in-law. She's sick. I said, man, you 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 got to you got to you got to come see her. Uh Jesus looks over her, rebukes the fever. It's as if God God himself looked up and said, "It's not supposed to be this way. I want you to know that in your home, the illnesses and the things that are ailing you it is not supposed to be that way. Things have happened. We don't understand physical illness. We don't understand like, you know, diseases and, 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 and um, you know, um, what would I call it? Like, like cancer type thing. We don't understand how that, uh, we don't always have a good grasp on that. Sometimes we have a better grasp on like financial strains. Like you go to the, you know, the gas station, you spend 20 bucks every time you go in. Well, there's a good sign that you're, you're blowing money or you're, you're buying things you don't need. Maybe you're buying things you don't need and money you don't have. You know, I, I I don't know. Maybe you overbought on your house. Maybe you're trying to send your kids to a certain school. You're trying to live a certain lifestyle that is just beyond your means, that if anything doesn't go right, if you don't get this, that, or the other. I lived in a really small town years ago. had a factory, and, and I, I, I didn't know much about this factory. I don't even know what they did in the factory. But I know that a lot of guys had bought like boats and things of that based on the fact that they could get as much uh, overtime as they wanted. And so everything was financed on the fact that this is what I make, but if I work overtime, then I can afford all the fun that I want. Well, when the when the factory took away overtime, I mean, these these people folded, folded. And then eventually the factory folded, and it's just, it, it's just it, it unravels. And so Jesus walks in, and he, and he gives her a touch, and she's healed. Maybe that's what you need. Like, guys don't like to talk about this. Like, maybe you just need the healing touch of Jesus. Jesus, I need you to touch my marriage. I need you to touch the relationship between me and, and, and my children. I, I need you to touch my employment. I, I, I need your your healing touch. Again, this this is not this is not something guys talk about a lot. I've never sat down with a guy and said, you know, um, what area of your life do you need Jesus to touch and heal? Like we just like what? But it's what he does. He's more than willing to do that. He touches her hand, the fever leaves her. And again, the, the gospel writers give an image that almost like Jesus lifts her up and then she, the fever leaves her and she begins to, 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 to serve and to be normal and function. And that, that's one of the downsides of reading the Bible in black and white. And believe me, I'm a firm believer in read your Bible in black and white or red, if you got that in there too. Have a printed copy of it. One of the downsides is you don't get the emotion, the sights, the smells, the sounds. You know there's a cynical relative out there that's like, man, eh, no way. I don't believe that for a second. You know that Peter's wife is just like crying and, and, and bursting with joy and and you know there's clapping and dancing. I mean, you know, we we I've shared this a few times. We love the World Cup. We love soccer. My kids have played it since they were like four. We've been involved in it. My wife and I have coached it. It's how we met each other. Um, I've refed it, whatever. We just enjoy the game. And so when the World Cup's on, we, we support teams and root for countries and such. And, and uh, when they score, like there was a game Saturday. It was England and France. And when England scored, 
I mean, the neighbors probably thought, what is going on in that house? Joy. That's what was going on. That was short-lived joy. But joy was going on in that house. Could you imagine? Could you imagine the healing breakthrough that maybe will popped in your mind when I first said, is everything well in your house? And you say, no, this is what is wrong. This is what ails us. This is what needs to be fixed. Imagine the healing touch of Jesus and suddenly it's all fixed. Would, would, any, would any noise come out of you? Probably. I think, I think you would be shocked, right? So the question is, is everything well in your house? And again, for some, it's a resounding no. For others, you'd say, it's not that bad. You're probably the one I'm most concerned about. And then for others, you'd say, you know what? I think we're really in a good season right now. Peter's mother-in-law doesn't have to tell anyone she's healed. She just gets up and she serves Jesus. I mean, that should be the response of us. If we're not careful, we kind of treat Jesus as this healer in the heavens. Something bad happens. I get in over my head with debt. I get sick. I get over whatever. I get anxiety. Hey, fix it, fix it, fix it. Listen, Jesus can fix anything. Sometimes he does, and sometimes he does it later down the road. And sometimes, no, not so Always he does it on the other side of eternity. But that doesn't mean we don't have a responsibility. Her response to the healing touch of Jesus was serve, serve Jesus. Jesus said that Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, for the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. If you're connected to anyone other than yourself, serve them. I mean, the last thing I want is guys that listen to this podcast, and we, we have a, a herd of humans that listen to this podcast. The last thing I want is you to be a guy who goes to your church and you just sit, or you make excuses that the alarm didn't go off, or, you know, it was a long weekend, or, you know, work's been, and, and you just consume. Don't be that guy. Don't, don't be that guy. We're better than that. We have been saved to serve. I don't earn my salvation through serving. Serving is a reflection that I am saved. So the question, is everything well in your house? We talk about, we got, we got to get the gospel to our house. It's got to get to our house. Like Jesus leaving the synagogue and being confronted with this illness, we're going to walk into these areas of life. You might be in your home right now listening to this. I'm in my home right now recording this. Nobody's here. They're at school, work, all that. It's different when they all come home. You leave, you work, you come home. Today, when I record, this is my day off. The rest of the week, I always come home after they're, they're already here. Life has been happening, and I walk in. So last Monday, we had a challenge video in Tribe, and I can't remember exactly the challenge, like what needs to change in your life or something, something like that. Um, something that we needed to move on, move the needle on something. And I said something to the effect of, you know what, I, I need to get back to discipling my wife and kids. Bible time, whatever you want to call it. We've done it <clears throat> through the years <clears throat> based on life schedule. My wife's been way better at it than I am personally, but we, 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 we have done this their whole lives primarily. And so I, I sent a text to my two daughters and my, my wife because my son doesn't text yet. Um, and during the day, I said, hey, tonight at you know, 8.30, 8 o'clock, whatever, we're going we're gonna to sit down and talk. I want to figure out what, what can we do spiritually as a family in the evening. You got it. So they come. And I told them this. I said, I'm going to be real honest. I, I, I'm tired of feeling guilty about this. You know, times we do it well. There's a lot of times we don't. That's on me. I'm going to own that. However, if I'm being real honest, there's times that I just don't feel like it. 
I just don't feel like it. I come home. Maybe I'm doing some, maybe I'm putting an order together or orders together. Maybe I'm answering some forgive me, some emails or or whatever. Maybe there's a game on. Maybe it's cold. Maybe I just want to I don't know. There, there's a there's a plethora of reasons. I said, but if I'm honest, I think there's times that I don't feel like you feel like it. And I'm not putting the blame on you guys. I just look at you and think, like they got finals all week, which has just been a major stressor. They got all, you know, activities. If your kids are in high school involved in activities, your life is not your own. <laughs> it's just not. And your schedule's not your own. Your Christmas break's not your own. None of that. It's over. Until they get out. And I said, I got to be honest. There's times I feel like, just let them do what they want to do. But w- this, to me, is the most important thing we have to figure out. So w- what, what are we going to do? And we, we kind of landed on something. We're going to read some Proverbs. We're going to just kind of have a connecting time. Like that, That'll work. In this season of life, that will work. That will be good. We can't have a deep theological study right now, more than likely. And it's just not, but we can do that. So when you consider, is everything well in your house? Is there a spiritual healing that needs to take place? Maybe you just need to move on it. You've professed or claimed or identified with Jesus, but really there's, there's no fruit from your life. You're getting fat on other people's fruit. There should be some fruit coming from your life. Don't Again, don't be the guy that just consumes other people's fruit. I think we have a lot of men who are getting fat on other people's fruit. You're benefiting from the service of others. You're benefiting from the generosity of others. You're benefiting from the hospitality or the, you know, whatever of, of other people. Now, don't be that guy. Is there a physical healing that you need to ask for? Maybe it's you. Maybe it's someone else. Those are hard. Those are hard because uh, most of us are not physicians. We don't have access to x-ray machines and things. We're, we're dependent upon other people. Jesus can heal you. He will certainly heal you or that person on the other side of eternity. No question about it when we're in Christ. Is there a relational healing that needs to happen? Is there a financial healing that you need to see a breakthrough in? What needs healing in your life and in your home? It may be small. It may be significant. But I'm going to tell you right now, please don't be the guy who says, it's just not a big deal. Have you seen that commercial? I think it's from Xfinity where the guy gets his foot caught in a bear trap and he's walking around. I think he's on a treadmill. He's doing some stuff. And he says, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. He gets into the kiddie pool. He steps in and one of the teeth or something of the shard of the bear trap on his foot pops the kid's pool. The kid's disappointed. And he says, it's no big deal. And his wife's like, it's a big deal. And they're talking about what, you know, your, your internet speeds and things. I think there's a lot of guys walking around saying it's not a big deal. But I would venture to say, if you were willing to ask your bride in all sincerity, is there anything in my life right now that needs healing? Is there anything in our marriage or in our parenting or my work ethic or my presence in our house or the way I spend my time or the way I spend my money? I venture to say, if you're willing to have that conversation and really listen and and to allow her to know, like, I'm not going to get defensive. I'm not going to get my feelings hurt. I'm not going to pout. I'm not going to run off and get in darkness. I'm, I'm, nope, I, I want to hear it. I just have a feeling in return you would see that is a much bigger deal than you realize. Your drinking is a big deal. Your money, the way you spend it, is a big deal. <clears throat> the way you talk to her, the way you show affection, the way that you parent your kid, it is a big deal. It's all a big deal. The things that you say that aren't, it it is. It's a much bigger deal than you realize. Sin is crouching at your door and its desire is to ruin you. Every single one of us. I want to end with this. Last week, I think it was a Wednesday in the afternoon, I was writing a message and and 
Anthony, our worship pastor, a lot of you guys know him from the retreat and stuff, came in and we're talking. We get a phone call and, and this lady calls me and, and uh, she is uh, she's emotional, but she's stable at the same time, if that makes sense. Like she's emotional, but you can tell she's not erratic. But there's a sense of urgency in her voice. And she's telling me about her grown daughter, who I believe is 54, um, living on the streets, on drugs. I mean, the whole thing. And I get the impression that uh, the daughter, and, and she tells me about her son too, the daughter and the son, they were raised to know Jesus. They've just chosen to do whatever they're going to do. Tells me about the daughter, goes through this whole thing. It's it's quite a story. Tells me about her son. I think he was 43, and a lot has happened to his life too. She's crying, but she's calm at the same time. It's really unique. And we get people that call the church all the time. They want a pastor, or lead pastor, whatever. So um, I'm talking to her, and, and I finally just said, like, okay, can I ask you, like, do I know you? Because I don't know. She's very comfortable talking to me. I don't know. She asked me who I, what my name was. I tell her it's Jared. Okay, yeah, Jared. You know, and then, like, she knew me. She's like, no. And I, so I was trying to figure out, okay, what, what's the connection here? Does she have a relative that goes to our church? Like, how does she think to call us? At one point, I asked, um, I, I, I didn't want to ask her, like, are you married or whatever. So I said, what does your husband think about all this? And she, he's gone, of course. Is that, if that shocks you, um, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, but he's gone, of course. And, and so we got this whole, it's a mess. And this woman knows scripture. She knows scripture. And she knows it in the right context. She's not using it as, you know, a Nerf gun, just shooting things to bounce off walls. No, she she knows what she's talking about. And so I finally got to the, uh, I'm asking her, like, how do you know me? How do you, whatever. I said, where are you from? Now, we're a big city. There's a lot of areas around us, you know. Again, maybe she came for a Christmas Eve, sir. I don't know. Portland, Oregon. Now, if you don't know, <clears throat> I'm in Indianapolis, I don't know the distance between Portland, Oregon, and Indianapolis, but I know it, with a Google search, it is about 0.13 seconds. How she got our little church in Indianapolis, I don't know if she's Googling Christian churches. I don't know what her strategy is. I have no idea. So as I talked to her, I prayed with her. I prayed for her kids, and she said, Jared, I wrote your name and number down, and I'm going to call you back when there's a healing in, these, in my kids' lives. I'm calling you back. And she said it like, oh, it's going to happen, so wait for that phone call. And I said, you got it. I, I, I can't wait to hear that. Now, the, all the things she told me, I didn't tell you much, but all the things she told me about them, it is overwhelming to say the least. She believes without a doubt our God can reach them and heal them. But don't miss this. She is so desperate to see that healing she is willing to get on Google or whatever she's doing and, and phone up anybody. Maybe there's a safety in the fact that I'm so far away, I have no idea who she is. Maybe, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how that happened. But it hit me as I hung up the phone. How desperate am I to see God do something in, in my life, in my marriage, in my children, in my future son-in-laws and daughter-in-law, and my future grandchildren. How desperate am I? Am I desperate enough that I would humble myself to basically vomit my life on someone, even though they're a stranger, maybe there's a safety element there, and tell them all these things and say, you know what? You can expect a phone call back from me in the future because I'm going to give you an update how God has won this victory.
are you that desperate? Because I think there's some guys that are like, nope, Jared, I'm not that desperate yet. Then you keep walking around saying it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Don't just assume, well, we all live in a fallen world. We all got problems, don't we? We all got problems. Nobody's perfect. Yeah, don't be the one that adds to the problem. No, marriage is perfect. Right, well, then don't be the guy who keeps being the reasons why it's not perfect. Strive for perfection. Strive for what is perfect. Strive for the absolute best marriage or parenting or whatever that the next generations have something to aim for. But I don't think any of that changes until we're desperate. Peter's wife, her friends, maybe even Peter, oh, they were desperate for this woman to get healed. The woman that came and grabbed the the edge of Jesus' robe for healing, desperate. The centurion that comes needs him, desperate. You need to ask yourself, am I desperate? Because if I'm not, more than likely nothing changes yet. Amen? Think about that. I'll talk to you guys in a little bit. Thank you for listening to the Pursuit of Manliness podcast. If you would, make sure to visit iTunes and leave a five-star review to let others know what you think of this show. When you get a chance, make sure to visit thepursuitofmanliness.com to see what is available in the gear store, find more information out about Tribe, and much more. Thanks for listening, and let's keep pursuing biblical manliness. Manliness.